0: From the bottom From the bottom You know we got Oh yeah, your boy Cal is back I think I'm a little too close to the mic Your boy Cal is, is back with my homeboy, Detroit Chris, Mr. Inspirator, Motivator. What's up, everybody? Oh, uh, oh yeah, you know, uh, on one of your episodes when you were talking about the lottery and stuff, somebody, one of our listeners said he went and bought stock just by listening to what you would telling.
2: That's fantastic. That, that <laughs> seriously is awesome. I'm glad people are, you know making good decisions, and I could help someone, you know, kind of take baby steps toward financial success. It's always good.
0: So, yeah. Oh, man, it feels good to be back. Told y'all we're going to be having the guest on here. Shout out to my boy, JR. He could not be here at this time. And uh, what you been up to, Chris? Busy.
2: My kids are all getting older. Had a new baby boy.
0: Everybody say congrats Um, to the new baby.
2: Appreciate that.
0: He only got two more coming.
2: (laughs) No more coming. (laughs) But it's been, you know, real hectic because you don't have a schedule until their schedule is fulfilled. I know you understand that better than anybody. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, so just, you know, living the family life and trying to prep for our basketball tournament coming up.
0: Oh, Oh, yes. And this year we probably will be taping. Your boy's going for the chip and uh hoop fest again. Hopefully this time we be able to pull it out, bring it back home. Well we keep getting closer and closer every year. And we got <laughs> that's how you know we owe <laughs> when we gotta start getting in shape months in advance before it start.
2: That really messed us up last year. So yes, we gotta to get to, I've been working on it right now. That that's that's what I really do with my own free time is that. Uh, with the little free time that yeah, I have. I'm saying,
0: you can't have that much free time. I don't. Yeah. You know, earlier Chris asked me, was I bored? And I told him I don't have time to get bored. Every little second I have, is taken up by daddy duties, or home duties, or husband duties. It's like, my job never stopped, like, 25-8.
2: Preach, And then when you... Do get in that position where you don't have anything to to do? You feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, then <laughs> you kinda gonna find something to work on. Yeah, find something to do. That's right.
0: Me, I just want to sit back and relax and watch TV or play the game. But nah, that ain't happening no more.
2: I still try to get my game time in though. I really try. But do you? That's do the only it way after I can wind my mind sleep. down. Uh, typically like around dinner time. I'll get in there, so it's just still a little bit later, but um, yeah, I, I still, I try to, try to get in that, because that helps me wind my mind down, man, I'm just on beta all throughout the day, and then I just want to kind of calm down and get prepared for all the stuff I got to do the next day, so, you know, this, this life is busy, but it's wonderful, you know?
0: Well, yeah, you got a point there, ain't nothing wrong with the family life cause yeah you always doing stuff and uh you always gonna stay busy so if you bored oh, I don't I don't know how if you a husband a dad or a boyfriend cause your job never stops
2: I can dig that for sure but we
0: gonna jump to our first topic why is everyone always in a rush
2: <laughs> why is everyone always in a rush uh, it's uh, the subliminal things around us. It's the, the perception of society and where society is going. It's the fact that people aren't grounded anymore. So they're always charged up in beta and they don't know how to get down to alpha. And That's like, for example, if somebody cuts you off in traffic and then you get so upset... Or they get real upset, and you guys are yelling at each other. Road rage, just just everybody being in beta all the time. If you were able to ground yourself and come back down to alpha, you'd be calm. It, nothing little like that would affect you in that way. And I think that it's all a combination of of those things that make everybody in a rush. It's like when you're on edge and you're you know driving somewhere, you're trying to get there fast. It's the edge, but If you weren't on edge, your approach would be different.
0: So you think people should leave earlier so they don't have to be in the rush.
2: That won't save you from being in beta. If you're going to be in a rush, you're going to be in a rush no matter when you leave. It's the truth. You just want to get to where you're going. It's not about the time as much as it is you trying to get to your destination. What I mean by the alpha and beta thing is beta is, let's say you you take your pre-workout and you go to the gym. And you're working out, and you're like listening to loud music, and you're like, you know, getting pumped. That's beta. Some people stay in. Actually, most people stay in beta. They don't know how to come back down to alpha. And it sounds strange, but it do. it's because we don't. We don't. When when do we actually like really touch the earth? When do we actually get our our charge from the planet? Who walks around barefoot in the sand every day? I mean, some some people have that luxury. Who walks around in their grass? Barefoot actually touches the part of the earth. Earth has a natural charge. We have charge. We're built on electrons. That's what grounding is. That's how you ground yourself. That's how you keep yourself healthy. If you look at people like in Africa, like African tribes, they don't wear no shoes or rubber or socks. They're always barefoot. They're always out in nature. And that's why you see a lot of them are like ripped in good shape. In good spirits, able to do certain things, it's because they're they're one with the earth, one with the planet. They're getting the fuel they need from the ground and the fuel they need from the sun. All of it. It makes a a huge difference. But a lot of people don't don't know that stuff. Anyway, I mean, so,
0: to tell you the truth, I I don't walk outside with. I gotta have shoes on.
2: Right. See, perception like, is everything. But, but what did you walk outside with no shoes on? I, not as much as I should.
0: But I do. So, sh- should you cut the grass with no shoes on?
2: That's dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. Well, I mean, not- I mean, if you got kids, it's dangerous—rocks and toys you step on with no shoes. That's not what I mean. But if you do cut the grass and it's nice outside, and you go outside, go outside barefoot, kind of hang out in the grass for like twenty minutes. You, it, it'll help you. It'll give you a different feeling. It sounds weird and corny, but the truth is, is like, it's all about perception. Everything's perception completely. Everything that we do in life is perception. Like, the ideas that we focus on on a daily basis. Like, people think that they can't say no or they can't stop. If you don't like your job, then don't do it. But people are like, oh, it's not that simple. Actually, it is. Well, it is that simple. I mean, no, because, listen. You know. The concept of not doing something is that simple, right? Everything has repercussions.
1: Yeah, everything yeah. has repercussions. And everything. You not working. But the, if, you, if you
2: don't, if you really hate your job and it's making your life bad, for you to say that it's complicated, but it's not. And there's a lot of stuff like that. Everything is a lot more simple than how society perceives it. It really is. It's just simple. If you wake up and you're in a bad mood, you're gonna have a bad day. Simple. There's none of that little stuff in between. It, the reason why everybody's always in a rush is because that's the way society's perceived. So, if I want something, I want it now. Everything's getting faster, faster. Like I just noticed that. I really have to put an emphasis on teaching my children patience because there's nothing to be patient about. They want it now. They want. They want to get on, why is my iPad dead? I want to watch it now. Well, it needs to charge. You have to wait. It's always a problem when you have to wait. And that's our kids being in beta. They don't have any Patience. discipline for that. Right. So, and it's only getting worse. Well, everything in, has to
0: be about now. In their world, everything is now. Compared to your world when you grew up, you yeah, had everything's to be patient. Changing.
2: That's what I'm saying. So, it's evolving, but... That doesn't change the importance of patients. Just because society's evolving and the, the perception and image of where we're going is evolving does not take away from the importance of patients. It doesn't. From a, on a, any person. Any person can benefit from understanding.
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: ...standing that particular quality. And so I still think it's important to teach them that, but it's much harder to do that. And it's only getting worse. I mean, it's just always... And then people are liking the convenience of having things so fast that they don't appreciate the fact that not everything in your life is going to come fast. Sometimes you're going to have to wait. It's and then grind. people lose interest. Or people don't don't push toward it. Or people just try to veer off to something else because they're not willing to wait for it. And I think that it's just changing, you know, the way people live their lives. And we always say... You know, oh my god, that year went by so fast. Yeah, it, it sure did. It, did. it shouldn't, but it did go by fast because everything around you is going fast. Everybody's in a rush to do something. Everybody's on edge. And it's like you just everything's so complicated. Everything's so complicated.
0: So do you do you slow down yourself? Yep. I try do to make you a, slow down.
2: I just try to make a um a conscious effort to slow down. I try to make a conscious effort to do awakened? those things. I try to make conscious effort to ground whenever I can. I would like to do it more. But I do try to do that. Um, I just don't think it's good to always be on edge. I'm, I am feel like, you know, for things like hate and anger, like life's too short. Why would you want to put yourself through those extreme emotions when they do nothing good for you? Sometimes it's alright to just be laid back and you know, take things in stride and understand that life's about making mistakes and learning from them or, you know, somebody cut you off in traffic. They probably just made a mistake. You know, who are you to sit there and get all mad and judge? you're probably never going to see that person again. I was telling that story about that guy in Arizona that hunted that guy down because he cut him off and started shooting at his truck and shot his 10-year-old daughter in the head. And that is ridiculous. That's just uncalled for. I mean, there's... There's no words. And that's extreme beta right there. And so that that's why I believe everybody's in a rush. is Because, hey, that's just the perception of our society right now.
0: Yeah. I guess it, it is hard because every time you turn on the TV, it's get rich quick. Get this quick. Get this. Get that. I mean... Who would want to wait? Life is... I mean, but a then... Lot of, I life's mean, a
2: lot of hard work.
0: A lot of dedication. And a little bit of luck.
2: Some people get more luck than other people. You, you can't control that. It's just the way the, you know, the, the cards turn over. But most of the things that I've gotten has not just been quick. The good things have not been quick.
0: But you're persistent, right? You put in, like, because years and years it, it of take work. Because I it
2: time. Right? Understood those type of things take time. And that's the reality of it. Do some people get lucky in that regard? Sure. Sure. Of course. Do I hate them because of that? No. Some people got easier paths, they did they did, you know, that's just how the, the carbs fell for them. But if you understand that things take time, it still wouldn't hurt even if you got it faster. Because you still understand that. You you have a grasp on that concept. And I believe that those type of people appreciate things more as well. Yeah. So it just depends on, you know, what you go through in your life. It's like the kind of the catch twenty two with our children, right? You know, we don't want our children to go up the same way we did, but if they don't grow up the same way did we did, they don't get to learn some of the stuff we learned from the streets, right? or from the way we grew up or from you know a pro- povertyish uh environment yeah. right they don't get to learn that stuff but you as a man you don't want your kids to learn that but you do and so it's like a catch 22
0: so do, don't, do you think it hurt them by not growing up almost like you did cuz you want your kids to have a better life than you had somewhat i do i think that A little bit of that is
2: me wanting my children to get a taste of that humble pie, you know, and feeling what it feels like to have nothing, Um, and be appreciative of like. Of what they have. Super no, just super small things. Not even really what they have, but being instead of you know gawking at dinner, being happy that you have something to eat. So it's just they don't get to see, and I can't fault them for that. I put them in that situation right and so that's where it becomes hard i can't fault them for that for being able to be picky or for i don't want that snack i want this snack i want to go in the snack cabin to get snacks when i was younger i was like what's a snack i don't know snacks (laughs) yeah but you know you you you're very excited to give that to your children but at the same time like i said it's that catch 22 where you really want them to learn how to appreciate those things because when they get older and they have to provide for themselves it's not just going to be falling in their lap they're going to have to make it for themselves and maybe they will be in that situation and be caught off guard nobody wants to be entitled or nobody wants their children to feel entitled or that they don't have to work for stuff and sometimes you got to find balance between that and giving them all the stuff that you want to give them and it's tough
0: so okay okay you just made me think of a question can somebody from the suburbs have a better drive than somebody from the hood who got the same dream? Sure. Why not? Because I think that like the person from the hood has so much more on the line than the person from the suburb. You know they don't um, wanna they don't, don't wanna know, go back.
2: We can't but see that's that's not fair. Like Because they come from two different environments and you don't really know how the what's on the line impacts both their lives. You can't compare what's on the line f- for the guy from the hood to the guy from the suburbs because they're in two different scenarios, right? Um, and just because this guy's from the suburbs, maybe he is rich, maybe his parents are rich, but maybe they're good people. I know people like that. Mm. Maybe they do teach you those values. Maybe this is important for your success and your future going forward. You do have something to fall back on. But if they really yeah. teach you about caring about your future, you're not thinking about what you have to fall back on. You're thinking about what you're going to do. And so that might be different than the, the guy down here that doesn't have a choice. There's nothing to fall back on. But if you're not thinking about, I have something to fall back on, they're pretty much in the same, the same area. They have different motivations but in the same area. So it just depends on the person. I'm
0: glad you cleared that up.
2: It's tough, but it's a person by person basis. I believe when we start categorizing people because of where they came from or anything like that, that it's going to further split us. Every individual is so different. That's what makes everything great, because you get to find out if you want to, like, or if you if you have the knowledge to understand that every individual is different you find out how great life is because everybody's just a little different. Nobody's nobody's like Cal. Nobody's like Cal out there.
0: You got that. It might
2: man. be somebody that has similar traits, but ain't nobody's Cal. You're, you're the only one. And, uh, you know, when people are your friend or they like you, then you know that if you're yourself, that they like you for you. Yeah. How cool is that? And so I think that just... Categorizing is, is, is tough. It's just something that's easy for us to do, and I still do it sometimes as well. But uh, if we can get away from that thinking, I think that we'll be moving in the right direction.
0: How how do you try to humble your kids?
2: I try to make them wait for stuff, even though they don't have to. Um, try to keep getting them to be pa- or not patient, but polite. Also, saying please and understand thank you, you for that, yeah. and stuff. I try to hold things back from them, even if we might be able to get it, or even if we might be able to have it, just because. They have to understand that you can't have everything. You know, so I just try to do those things. I also make sure that when they make decisions, they understand that there's consequences. So if you make a good decision, there's good consequences. If you make a bad decision, there's bad consequences. But there's not like, I'm going to make an extremely bad decision, but I'm just going to get a slap on the wrist. No. That's not how things work. I'm going to make an extremely bad decision. I'm going to get an st- extremely bad consequence. You, they have to know that. Because everybody is uh, changing the way this works now. I think in participation trophies as stuff now. Because they don't want to hurt kids' feelings. But the truth is, is how is that helping? I wanted the place. But if you give me a trophy for something, that makes me feel like i
1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Did good enough, but I did it. you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I got you. And then it's up to like the parents to be able to, you know, talk to the children and say, if you gave it your all, then you're a winner, but in order for you to place, we got to put more into it, you know, and that guidance will make them better overall than giving them participation trophies or. Or, you know, use your words, you know, like that. What what kind of, you know, like some of those things are not extreme enough of consequences. And so, when they get out into society and they make a really bad decision, they have to face a really bad consequence. They don't know how to handle that type of stuff.
0: Well, but these days, parents want everything to be fair. <laughs> Which is... Well, it's, it's like... that's some, that, some, Now, that's setting your kid at a disadvantage
2: right there, because... Life's not Nothing, fair. Yeah, Everybody that, right? that lives I, it knows it. Kids I tell don't my live kids it at all the time. And so I feel like the parents that feel that way are just a little delusional. I mean, you're not setting your kid up for like real life success. They have to understand life's not fair. Sometimes it, if if one of my boys do something and I have an idea, you know, you basically know which one of your yep. kids do something based off of what they do. They both get in trouble. It's not fair, but hey, you know, you got to get your brother to not do that or come tell us if he does it and but it's, filthy, it's filthy. just an example it's just an example of just it might not be fair but life is really not fair you just gotta understand that and it's not fair I don't know if it'll ever be
0: no it won't never be it's as a different type of it's different type of not fair to everybody well I mean as long as it's like rich, poor people who respect people people don't respect people people in poverty yeah yeah. People who are well off You know it, Life ain't never gonna be fair I was, But it, you can always treat No matter what circumstance you're in The next person with respect You know But then sometimes
2: How would you like to be treated right Yeah. And those Those little sayings that people kind of brush off You know you treat people the way you want to be treated That's a little saying But it's true when you really think about it You should
0: you but, should <laughs> But sometimes Like these days The parents wanna be they The kids friends though Like They wanna like Know what's going on You know They would be like I want them to tell me Everything that's Going on So you know I wanna be their friend Not like they disciplinary You know
2: That's alright Being their friend is good But you gotta be a parent first That's the hard part like some of them get so used to being a friend and having a goody-goody between their kid that they're non-confrontational about the, the harder things. got to be a parent first, then a friend. And that has its own challenges, but at least you're setting your kid up for success that way because they have someone there to guide them along because everybody makes bad decisions. It's just going to happen. And so what are they going to do from there? I had a conversation with one of my buddies about you know, because he said he was talking about how you know the the Chinese in Bellevue buy a lot of properties and and I think uh, they
0: buy a lot in Detroit too, from what I yeah hear.
2: yeah. He was talking about like he ran into some Chaldean guys. Chaldeans are these Christian Arabs, like real light skinned, it but they own a lot of the corner store market in the Midwest. Almost every corner store, you know, like uh the West Coast. In California, a lot of the stores are owned by the Korean population. But in the Midwest, it's by the Chaldeans. And so... I know. Um, I that they before. have, like, different... Like, I won't get into specifics, but they have, like, different tax laws for them. And so they can use their community to kind of avoid some of them. And so a lot of that money kind of stays in-house. And so when I was in high school... Uh, a lot of the Chaldean kids that I know, all the power to them. Their families had money. Like I had sixteen-year-old Chaldean kids in my school driving Jaguars on twenty twos with TVs and headrests. Dead serious, Escalades, and yes. And it, a lot of them had money, and like I said, all the power to them. But sixteen the whole-
0: years old back in the day mm-hmm. yep. had those type of cars. No joke. But I guess they lived a different life because the area you was in it, was re- it, that was it, that was it, regular. You know? Right.
2: Don't, no, no. Yeah, work. I mean, there was money in the area where I went to high school. I went to high school in the area that had money, but that wasn't regular. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's not like Laguna Beach or nothing like that. Oh, but, okay. You know, uh-uh. It definitely not like was, Bel-Air. They had, the Bel-Air they had money, Detroit. but it wasn't like that, no. But the point or the premise of that was that their community sticks together. And then we started talking. And we said, you know, the Asian communities, they stick together. And I'm like, man, that's so awesome. And then we started talking about, you know, only people who really don't stick together are the black community and the Latin community. Whenever I pass a black guy that I don't know, typically they, like, treat me like I'm an enemy. Like, I get a look like I'm an enemy. I'm they'll, like, hey. They give you the nod? <sighs> sometimes. But sometimes it's like I, I get, like, a... I give a nod, and so you know they'll give you nod. Yeah, back, I give a but nod. But it it shouldn't even like start off that way. Like they're like you know kind of standoffish. Shouldn't? It, why does it start off that way? All perception. And the crazy part is that you know he was talking about like you know well he said well white people don't but I said no but rich white people do. They keep a lot of their stuff together, you know. And, and all yeah. the power to them. What I'm saying is that's actually a good concept that I wish that you know some of the African American, you know, communities did and some of the Latin communities did instead I mean, of doing the exact opposite and killing each other.
0: Some people do it. But it's a very slim margin. A not, lot of people yeah. look out some for people, other do people do it but not,
2: not like those. But other then you gotta
0: look at that like some of the other races like they they tell they tell the the other person something and they race and they would go do it, you know, to get to that success. Sometimes when you tell like another black person something, they don't even, they don't even listen to you.
2: You're talking about two people at different stages or two different communities at different stages. So let's say for example, the Chaldeans come here and they put their community first and they put this all together and they do a really good job. And they still do. The, the Asian community is the same thing. But the African-American communities have been established for a while. They've been within their ways. We've been killing each other for a long time. You know, um, all because of perception. Because we think that's the way it is. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that, that can't tell you that subconsciously when they pass an African-American guy. And let's say just it's them. And they're walking by that they don't feel a little uncomfortable. Because of the perception. It's the perception of the, the African American male in, in the United States, and that perception is still there. It's not in front of our face like it was back in like the late '80s and early '90s to but we're still killing each other the same amount, maybe even more. Especially like in, what we we're talking about earlier in Chicago. Yeah, like this is your yep. brother in ancestry. You know, we, we come from kings and queens and you know you would you would you even be interested then nobody trying to hear that There's nobody trying to enter that but i i like that stuff like really finding that that real that real history out and that we should be stick together but we've been brainwashed into killing each other off while everybody else on the outside profits and so it's just such a huge difference in communities and I told him, my friend I was talking to, I said, I don't even know how you would turn that around. I mean you there's gotta be a way. Maybe you do it a little bit at a time, but how do you turn that around? You gotta have enough people that wanna make a difference,
0: right? But then the you know, most of the time it's it's about what you have to make people listen to you.
1: Perception, like if you got the you
0: come up in the Lambo then they'd be like, What is this guy doing? Either they're going to hate you for having this car and think you don't deserve this car or some people going to want to listen to you to see how you got this car.
2: That's a problem because then now rather we're assuming than, that life is good because of money. Yeah. So that's
0: a problem. <laughs> you know, and rather than I
2: understand like, how people from come from poverty but think that because they don't have money. But a good life doesn't have to necessarily come from having a ton of money. Money should be a means to an end, right? And so that's why I said that changing perception is different, especially how every day you're basically brainwashed into what everyday life should be. That perception is always put in your face. So changing and brainwashing a community that's been here for so long and has been through so much, it's going to take a lot of people that want to make that difference in order to do something like that, to
0: turn it around. But if they came to you and said, Chris, What's two things you would do that would help us as a race to get better with one another and help build something for us?
2: I'm not in a position to really do much except give them knowledge. That's probably the heaviest thing that I could give. If I could sit down and actually have a conversation where somebody would hear me, maybe they don't listen, but as long as they hear me, it's just like the teenagers you have. When, they, when, you, when you're telling them stuff, they don't listen, but they still hear you. It's the way I was raised, too. I was giving some great advice. I wasn't listening to it, but I heard it. And later, it'd come back up. Some of those things that started to click later. And so, if you could pass that knowledge, I think knowledge is probably the most, even more than money or anything else. Knowledge is the best thing that you could give. And if you could spread that knowledge and make a difference that way, then that would probably be the... The best route to getting that change even turning in the right direction, but it's tough. It's tough. Yes, but it is tough. I don't, never have, even living in the hood, had the urge to, to hurt or do anything to any of uh, people of my ancestry or outside of that. I just kind of take people for who they are, you know, no matter what. I'm glad I take that approach as well, but that community thing is there people don't think about it
0: I used to wonder like why black people couldn't come together and buy the stores in their hood and the laundromats and the car washes and all that stuff
2: they could but it's not an easy task
0: I mean but what what in life what in life is easy
2: you got African American males fighting over territories that That they don't own if you have that Imagine how difficult it is to back all that perception up to make a change in that scenario. You, like, you don't own any of that. You're wearing colors and claiming a neighborhood you don't own a piece in. You know, and then basically they put all these things in the hood to, you know, all this bad food all of the, you know, the the gun stores, the liquor stores, and I mean, it's, and it's still like that, it's not like, all over the place, you don't hear about it, but if I go back down to Detroit, I still see them, They're all over the place, and the food is cheap, but it's really bad for you, you know, and, you know, you get liquored up, and then there's a gun store, and then, you know, you gotta hustle, and, you know, not judging any of my hustlers, I understand, I understand, it's fine, it's just, then you're put in a position where you got to kill another one of your brothers of ancestry because you think that that's the way that it has to be, and it just don't got to be that way. So it's tough, man. It's, I was talking to you about Chicago. That Chicago stuff is tough. Well, yeah, just hearing enough. about that.
0: I'm gonna have a <clears throat> I'm gonna have Chicago Chris on. What
2: do you think everybody else thinks outside of that? What do you think? The the rich people think. What do you think the people outside of that community think about us? And so we're in there just killing each other
0: they think every animals. day. Well, I mean, it's the way that they killing each other. Like right. every holiday, it'd be like what sixty shooting. Like you
2: can't even get together and have a good time without people coming through and shooting everybody. And then if you were to got get a chance, to sit down one on one by one, and be like, you know, why are you out there? Why? Why are you Cause killing?
0: Because that's all they know.
2: Then they need to spread their knowledge. They need to open up their brain and learn something else. I mean, they, but they, see, that's the thing. That, that's that's an excuse, but it shouldn't be an excuse. Like you should be understanding. If that's all you know, then that's a problem. Learn something else. Find something else. That but doesn't they, mean you need to change overnight. But
0: hey. I mean it's hard to change because I mean I guess I mean that
2: we agree on I there, think it's hard to change because
0: on one hand you I mean you gotta realize that some of these people know they are gonna die so they live in a different style as to somebody who got something to live for
2: so we agree on that it's hard and that's what yes. I was saying about change turning that community thing around but at the same time it's still a choice. I mean, you're still making a choice, as hard as it is. And you, you think that, hey, you know, I got, you know, I got death on my back. It's like you put yourself in that situation, so you have the ability to get out. If you believe you have the ability to get out, if you don't, I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. Nobody says it's gonna be yeah. easy. But you know, if that's all you know, then you don't think you got. You think that's it. That's all you got. That's what the real problem is. Is that's what they think. They think this is the norm. They don't think there's anything outside of that. They don't have a shot to do because anything else. They don't know nothing else. Right. That's not they, lack used, of knowledge. That's exactly what I'm getting to. It's a lack of knowledge. It's the perception. It's being dug into that life. Not seeing anything else outside of that. No other choices. No other anything. Just the knowledge is not there. So that's how they get caught up in that stuff. And it's like a vicious, brutal... Sad cycle.
0: I know, but like, I can, I can partially understand why they wouldn't know. Because if you grew up in the hood and that's all you know is your city and you know, like, your family don't got money, you probably hear about this stuff on the computer and see it, see commercials or something on TV, but... If probably you, think it's not for me. Yeah, I mean, but no, like, you know, like, I don't have money to go here. And every day I wake up, It's a possibility of me getting shot just by me walking to school or walking to the corner store, even though I'm not in the game. It's just because I'm black and I stay in this hood that somebody come through and shoot me because I stay over here. So now I got to protect myself and I got to get with the group in my hood just to be safe when I go places.
2: So then and then that's the end right there. That's it. It's no. What am I going to do about it?
0: Yeah, once you once you that that
2: question doesn't exist. That's just the end right there. And that's sad. Like you got I got family members that live in that situation. I I got I was a part of that situation growing up, I get it. But the problem is that nobody asks the question, you know, what am I gonna do about it? Everything is so unobtainable to them that they don't even consider anything else. That's just the way of life. Some stuff might be and then so it also is outside of the black community, it's that we're in a society now that don't like to take the risks.
0: Yeah. We're, I mean, we're,
2: because we're complacent. You, we're in a complacent society. Everything's put right at our feet. Everything's given right to us.
0: That was one of and my so that was one of the topics. risks. Listen, listen, listen. All of our listeners, listen. That was gonna drop a rhyme right there. We just want to take this time out to shine, put some shine on our networks, That JR say. That we rock with, I mean, rocking with us. Esquad Affiliates and also the No Phony Podcast Network all day, every day. And if you want to be on the show and think you got a good conversation piece, hit us up so we can schedule something at 253-234-7149. And hey, your boys out here making moves. We out. Well, we're going to jump to the next topic, now. It, but it's the truth. That was a good rollover so, right there.
2: Because it's scary. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean... But, see, that's the thing about somebody in the hood. If I was in the hood still, and I never experienced any of the life that I had outside the hood, and I believe that there's a chance that there could be something that happens to me, you know, why would I be complacent in that situation? It's just, it is what it is. I mean... You know, I always, even then, had, like, different thoughts about that type of stuff. I was going to try to use school to get out of there, or sports or something. I was going to get out.
0: That's what I I did. (laughs) I was
2: going to get out. It's just that simple. But I just, I know I have friends that stayed in with the jail. I have friends that I don't talk to anymore. I I, I found out a couple years ago, my buddy Jay I used to run with all the time was in jail. You know, and it's... He thought that he didn't have a choice. Lack of knowledge. That's what it comes down to. And then lack of risk taking. The right risks. Not, I mean, peer, that, pressure, the, the not risk, peer pressure and pride. The None risk of that can, stuff.
0: That could be pretty hard depending on what type Real of Real hard.
2: But you got to be willing to give it a shot.
0: I mean, if you want to move away. Now you, you moving somewhere you don't know nobody. When you was comfortable...
1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Though it wasn't a good situation, but still you was comfortable because you knew people and people knew you. Or just like the risk of you taking of leaving your job, you know, to start your own stuff. Like you leaving a, sec- well, I guess not even a secured check because they can let you go at any in time. But you know that if I put in these hours, I got one more check coming. Rather than you start your own business. And I was like, everything is on me to bring in money for this business. For me to survive.
2: So let's talk about that. So is comfortability really good? That's what the real question is. I, I, if, if comfortability is good until it takes away your drive to maybe take a risk even if it's a small risk maybe it's a big risk but if you sit there and say I don't like this job I got I think that I could go in business for myself and you don't say best case scenario go in business by myself my business succeeds I'm in a great shape how do I get that way worst case scenario my business falls through I lost my job what's going to happen here you have built build a plan toward moving toward the positive. Well, toward the negative, you say, what's the worst that can happen? Where does that put me? Is that the end of my life? Do I die? No. Does that mean that I can't build opportunity for myself because the worst case scenario happened? No. Is everything over? No. You can live with that. There's, there's no death there. You can live with that. But you're still going to work toward this path. But worst case scenario, you can live with that. I just took a, a presentation class. And she's like, why do you always volunteer to go first? And I said, because I don't mind presenting. I said, what's the worst that could happen? I stumble on my words. I, you know, I pack a loogie. I, what, I fart.
0: <laughs> I burp. Yeah, you probably fart. Yeah.
2: You or probably I trip fart. on my own feet or something in front of people.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
2: And then I said, okay, do I die? Is everything over? No. I mean, so what? You know, like, this is not the end. My life still continues. I can still do good stuff. Just because one thing failed does not mean that's the end-all be-all. I think failure sometimes is actually good. It teaches you how to succeed later.
0: Yeah, it does.
2: So, if you're afraid of the failure because you don't want to take the risk... Then you are never going to do anything. You are going to be complacent, and being complacent is just.
0: I mean, but a lot of people sometimes
2: wasting time.
0: A lot of people go through that though. It's just like you see everybody gets complacent. You see this girl you want to talk to, but you are scared to talk to her because you think she out your league, you know. Or this job that you are not qualified for, you still won't put an application because they say you are not qualified you know or you start exactly your right there's you wanna, tons
2: of people that think like that you buddy. know
0: or you want to start your own business because you don't know if it's going to succeed like everybody else you see these millionaires who start their stuff and you like wow how do you think
2: they got there though they took a chance some of them had already had rich families some of them took chances some of them left college and did this some of them just took chances and it worked out for them but my point is is that those things exist for everybody. Some people take the risk because they understand that the worst case scenario, they can live with it. They'll continue to live. They can they can rise up from that and continue. And that's really what it is. I had to learn that too. I used to be afraid of a lot of stuff. I'm I'm not perfect, but if I was single and I saw a girl that maybe I thought was out of my league, the worst she can say is no. I used to tell myself that when I was younger, and it I, skyrocketed my confidence. Skyrocketed. Because I got told no a couple times, and it didn't bother me none. And sometimes people are like, no, I'm just here with my girlfriends, or no, I got a husband, or no, I got a boyfriend. Like, oh, okay, you know, have a good night. Or you're like, "What your,
0: your boy got to do with me?
2: <laughs> I got I had to get
0: you in some trouble. I'm not trying to but, hear uh, that. See?
2: But yeah, so the worst that the girl's going to tell you is no. You know, if you're not qualified for a position but you think you can do the position, if you turn in your resume, the worst they can say is, nah, we we just don't think you're qualified. But if they say, you know what? I'll give you a shot. I'll give you an interview. You if know you just like I told you I didn't think you were qualified, but you still submitted your resume anyway. It looks like you're you know you're real passionate about getting this position, why not give you a shot? If I had some good diamonds in the rough that way.
0: You know the thing that the that I um I think I heard somebody say this is that you know, you get paid by the hour, right? Or uh, some people's salary or whatever. They would like, say you make like $15 an hour or $20. they would be like, an hour of your life is only worth $20. $20 for I'm an hour. Glad, I'm
2: glad that somebody thinks like
0: of that. Of your life.
2: It's important to think like that.
0: You know, and they'd be like, is
2: that what you think you're worth, yeah. right? Yeah. That what should you, be motivation to somebody. That's why I don't like being complacent. Me I am neither. continuously trying to move in the company I'm in, and then when I can't move there, I will go somewhere else. I will not be the guy that makes a dollar that to out. this guy's million dollars. I make him a million, but I get a dollar of it. I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be the guy above. And then people gonna make me money and then hopefully those people strive to make their own money and then they get people to make them money and it's just a, a cycle of success. But in order for you to do that, you gotta take the next step, take the baby steps. But that's the truth. And even if you make a ton of money, is that really what your life's worth? If then you need to step the game up.
0: Especially if you're not doing the right things with the money. Right. I don't know. I always thought like if I if I had like a lot of money, I'd reach out to them help other people get them something you talk
2: about the lottery you just got to be smart about it um i just some people are awful with money and some people like uh might be hood rich or might not come across money because all i want to do is spend it but you know it's got to be a means to an end but money's meant to be spent it's not meant to be saved until you die then what's it what's it worth you save it to spend it later, but it's still meant to be spent. Some people lose sight of that. That's all money is for. It's meant to be spent. Hopefully on something that's gonna help your
0: life or
2: help your happiness.
0: Well that's the thing, but think
2: about that. If you save a hundred thousand dollars Yeah and you die
0: your what was that gets...
2: money alright, that's fine. That's cool, but what was it worth to you?
0: Well, I guess it ain't worth nothing. <laughs> you... Nothing.
2: That's like it's but making then, a bowl of cereal and leaving it on the counter.
0: But like, are you? You didn't eat it. You saving it for like? I mean, against the rain today. Saving it to die. But like, you don't know when you gonna die. You don't know. In like, you got your countdown time.
2: But that's exactly my point. So,
0: so you should go out you there. You will. Blow it.
2: You will die. Hopefully, you will die with some type of money. If so you, you should has, blow it. No, that's not what I'm saying. I would never tell you to blow your money. I always tell you to make investments, do something, make your money grow for you. So you don't even, so you will die if you do that. You will die with money that never meant anything to you. But what I'm saying is some people like will do a 401k or save all their money and then not even consider spending it, not even consider it is that's exact purpose of money. I just want you to think about that. That's But no, they
0: tax the 401k when you take out money from when sure, you take yeah. out your own money they tax you That's on just your own an
2: money. That's just an example so um, yes they do They well no the, you take out an own loan against yourself you have a time period where you pay, pay that pay loan back. back if you don't pay that loan back in the time period then they charge you interest on what you pay back but you're just paying yourself back so it just makes sense to do that so that the Company Fidelity or wherever you have a dude, don't make a percentage off of the money that you took out on yourself, and that's some shady stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's shady. It, it is, is. you taking your own money out, well, they tax money. You I'm trying money.
2: to get you to think outside the box. Money is meant to be spent, there's no other reason for money. You don't eat it, you don't sniff it. You know, well, it smells pretty good, but what yeah, I'm it saying is where it's been. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. What I'm saying is it's meant to be spent. And then if you die, and you have money, and it's basically like, yeah, it'll go to your family, which is a purpose, that's great. But what did it do for you? So what I'm saying is is that people should be in the mindset of, even when they're saving money, to eventually plan to spend it. Whether you're investing it in something so it can build more money for you to spend, or you're just going to spend a small chunk of it. The money should be spent, it should be a means to an end. Of a good life, or a means to an end of happiness, one or the two. But that's why some two. people
0: are trying to get to that point where they can. Some people are still striving to get there.
2: It doesn't see that, but that's because they think money equals happiness. That's not what I'm saying. It should help you get there. It's a means to an end. Money does not equal happiness. Money should put you in a position. To pursue your happiness. Money should put you in a position to have a good life if you do the right things. But if money becomes the end-all be-all and you forget that it's the means to that end, you forget what that end is, then you're just one of those money-hungry people that have really no ambition to anything. You just want to make money just to have it. And hopefully, you know, never get in that spot. That's I know people that like that, that just... Thinks the life is about how much money they can get. It's like okay.
0: Well, that's because that's how society look at you, <laughs> huh? That's because that's how society they judge you of how much money you have. Yeah, and the problem. And is that's how care, people treat you. The problem you. is they
2: care about that. Yeah. Good. And that's what the real problem is.
0: Well, no, I know. That's don't... that's their whole persona, is how much money they have.
2: Right. So the key word here in this whole podcast is perception. Perception that how much money you have make you a better person, makes you an important person. There's a perception out there of that, but does it really? No.
0: No, I don't.
2: You know, shitty rich people. Excuse me. You know, crappy rich people, right?
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I know
2: crappy poor people. I yes, know cool I do. Poor people. Yeah. You know, like so it doesn't. It doesn't. It's just that perception out there, and so. That's the whole thing about all these topics from blending together, complacency, um, comfortability, um, just the everybody being in a rush. All of it. Woof!
0: Yeah, we we went in on that topic.
2: There was like four topics. I <laughs> know it was four topics. Yeah. Four topics.
0: But uh, Chris, Chris is a um a movie a movie connoisseur. Like, he's a... He's a movie, movie, movie guy. Like, he gets in debt of his movies. And he wanted to speak about the Jordan Peele movie, Us.
2: I think a lot of people like the movie. Um, I'm big on not just movies, but I'm really big on horror movies. Even more than just regular movies. But... um it's mostly because I can appreciate it for the story like everybody else. And I, I can lose myself in it if it's good. But I also can appreciate that it's a movie and there goes in a lot to the acting, to the camera work, to the special effects. And so because I can do both of those things, it's easier for me to pick up on movies. I don't know if this is a gift or a curse. Any movies that normally have a twist, there are seldom few that I won't figure out before the movie's over. Even my, my wife will tell you that, as I was saying before.
0: So wait, when you say you figure it out, is it before the middle mark of the movie?
2: About the middle or earlier.
0: Okay. I'll make sure. Yeah. Make sure it went close to the end when you figure it out. And you know what's really funny
2: is Chris, we were talking about Chicago Chris, uh, he's actually at the movies one time this is like, I don't know, almost a year ago with his uh, girl and I came in with Bree and we were watching Hereditary that that horror movie and I figured that movie out I don't know. It took me like 25, 30 minutes to figure the movie out. And Bree was like, Really? You think so? And then the end of the movie. She's like, see she's like that's the best part of the movie. You've been listening to you figure out stuff and and I talked to him about it. He's like, No, I didn't know. I didn't <laughs> he's like that movie was crazy, man. Yeah, so um as it relates to us, Jordan Peele's um, sophomore effort of directing, the movie was really good. Just like Get Out was really good. However, one thing that I was telling you earlier that I noticed is that every movie, especially movie with twists, especially horror movies, has foreshadowing. Foreshadowing is these subtle clues that they put in the movie that are not supposed to be in your face. There are ones that are there, but most people miss. Let's say like 80% of people miss them, but there's that 20% of people that catch them. So what I noticed is in us, those foreshadowing were not, they were not subtle. They were right in your face, in your face. And I put two and two together and I figured that he did that because there were a lot of people who were reviewing get out harshly because there were things that they didn't understand about it and because they didn't understand it. They didn't like it. And I think that that's just a terrible way to review something. If you don't understand something that doesn't give you a right to not like it. How do you know if you like it or don't? But that's usually how it goes. They harshly review stuff that they don't completely understand or they don't like it because they don't completely understand it. And so what I think he tried to do was he tried to throw all that foreshadowing in your face so that he could appease those people but I think he learned a valuable lesson as a sophomore director that you're never going to appease those people. Even if you throw all of it in their face, they're still going to be confused if they're going to be confused. And so they still were reviewing us the same way they were reviewing Get Out. It's not everybody. It's it mostly got positive reviews as it should. But there are still those people who were just like, I didn't like this. I didn't like that. or I didn't understand this. And so I didn't like it. Or I didn't understand this. And so it was eh, it was, you know, just harshly reviewed it. And so, hopefully, when he does his third effort, he won't be so in your face with the foreshadowing. So, I was telling you about that, so but I'll tell you about what I was figuring out. So you know, well, I don't want to throw spoilers on this in case people
0: haven't seen it. Okay, listen, if you haven't seen us, he's about to drop some spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so just let you know, you know, just in case you want to cut it off right now if you haven't seen it, because he's about to go in debt. You know, just had to give you a warning. All right, Chris, take over.
2: All right, you gave me the blessing. So, the reason that I knew the final twist is because, so, um, this is related to Addie and Red. The reason I knew that Red was the original Addie is because when Red was leading the revolution, the hands across America is what she was doing. When the original Addie, before she went to the carnival, the last thing she saw on television was Hands Across America. Hands Across America was something that happened in the late 80s. And so, for her tethered partner to understand the Hands Across America, that makes no sense. Them being in an area where they don't have access to that type of stuff. So, her getting all the tethered to come up and do the Hands Across America, I immediately knew... That she was the real. That Red was the real Addie. That Addie was the real tethered. That they had switched that that night that they met in that in the funhouse with the mirrors. They so switched.
0: it so it wasn't when the parents just said they just want their daughter to talk.
2: Nope, I figured it out before that.
0: And it wasn't the bunnies at the very beginning.
2: Yeah, you know, that's something too. So it's all of those. That was the biggest hint, but the they want their daughter to talk part. Was very simple. Because the tether didn't know how to talk. Sure they could learn how to talk. But they didn't know how to talk. And so. There was hints. To that as well. In a couple pieces. So that part told me. And then when she's trying to teach her son in the car. How to be on beat. To I got five on it. She's still a little off beat. And she's trying to teach him to be on beat. Because they're learning. He's still, you know, he's a hybrid. He's half tethered, half human, right? And so I could see that little piece of foreshadowing him trying to tell us something as well. Another thing is the rabbits. The rabbits was big because the rabbits are were the biggest cloned anything. The biggest cloned anything back in the late 80s, early 90s. The rabbit. The white rabbit. And so I knew that that was a foreshadow for them being clones. That taught me everything I needed to know about the whole cloning premise. So I got those two from Hands Cross America, the rabbits, and then um, her daughter. Huh?
0: You was a kid back then with Hands of America and the rabbits and stuff.
2: Yeah, that still don't mean I don't know about my history.
0: Oh, so you already knew about this. Yeah, that stuff like, is real. What, hands were, across America. You know what, eight? Eight around that time? Back in the late 80s?
2: Back like in late 80s, say 89, I was four. But I still know, I'm older. I know about my history, though.
0: I See, i never even known about the Rabbits clone. Yeah, I know, I know the about, about that stuff. hands across America. In my, in my neighborhood, they didn't, power, they didn't do no hands across America. And
2: then this whole thing with his daughter, and I think we talked about this too, her daughter in the car was like, yeah, the government's trying to control people with fluoride. Which technically isn't a myth. Um I still don't know so, how to control it with fluoride. Okay. So I'm not gonna get too deep into this but oh, here you
0: go. It was here
2: a pretty heavy rumor, I guess you would say, that back during the Holocaust Hitler would put fluoride in the water for the people held in concentration camps because it made fluoride had this effect on them where it made them more controllable. It it kind of affected their brain power, their decision making. They were more vulnerable. And this was it's said to be a rumor but was pretty much confirmed that that's the truth. Fluoride does absolutely no good. You could get fluoride free toothpaste and your teeth will look still good if not better than with fluoride. It doesn't, it doesn't really do anything in that regard. However, we have fluoride and all this stuff. And then it's like one of the main products that's kind of put out there. Oh, fluoride's gonna make your teeth do this and that. No, baking soda whitens your teeth. There's other stuff that do things for your teeth before fluoride was even put in toothpaste. And uh, a lot of people don't just don't consider stuff like that. But fluoride is not really a good thing. Sure, I still have it sometimes and some stuff. Sometimes I use regular toothpaste. Sometimes I don't. But at the same time, I understand that. Where that comes from. And so anyway. She was talking about that. And so then I was like the government. I said the government are probably making clones in them. Because the first thing that the movie tells you. That there's like a bunch of underground tunnels and railroads underneath the United States. Which is completely true. Completely true. And I'm like okay they're trying to say. That these people come from that area. So you just kind of piece it together. So probably about the 40-45 minute mark. I got it. I got it early. Because it was in your face. All that stuff. Was in your face, except for like the, I got five on it, the rhythm things, not in your face. Um What else wasn't in your face? The Jeremiah 11, 11 wasn't in your, the Bible verse wasn't in your face. But one thing I noticed about 11, 11 is 11 to 11 is the only number that is a mirror image of itself, oh. right? And so that also, that's like another like kind of subtle um, foreshadowing. So those are okay. The subtle ones are okay, but the ones that are like right in front of your face, like the hands across America, man, that gave it away. That that killed it for me. And then uh, the the so one of the other the important family, parts. Not when
0: the family came to the house that night, and they were one like,
2: of the imp- other important parts is the fact that Red's voice was weird, and I was like, that sounds like her like larynx is crushed. I, this is exactly what I said to to Bree. So then. Um, I started speculating that she probably choked her out
0: because of that. Wait a minute, because a you certain got sound that from her from her talking.
2: Yeah, I said that her her larynx sounds crushed. She sounds she never doesn't sound like larynx. I said she doesn't sound like an alien. She sounds like she's like something's wrong with her throat. Like her larynx is crushed, and she my my wife agreed with me, and then I said that she probably like choked her out and switched base places with her. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened at the end. So, the subtle foreshadowing was fine. I still would have figured it out, but it was fine. But the ones that were in your face kind of took away from it a little bit for me. The Hands Across America was so obvious to me. That was really obvious to me.
0: That's probably the most like, obvious. I not even pay attention to movies. Right? Wow. Yeah,
2: there's a lot. That there was there was more, there was there was still more stuff too. Um, his message.
0: The German His message 11, that right?
2: no, Peel's message of the movie is that maybe the evil that we face on a daily basis are ourselves and the privileges that we have. Like um, even like her husband when her tethered husband like takes his glasses and puts them on and he's he like see. he can finally see. You know, that's a privilege that he didn't even know he had. You know, compared to somebody who didn't have that privilege. You know, she's up here giving birth to beautiful children and then her tether is going through hell. You know, so... It's kind of like... We're our own worst enemy. And we take for granted the privileges that we have.
0: Okay, so... What about the end of that movie? What about it? Um... The end where... They riding in the car. And the ambulance at the very end.
2: No, nothing. He, Jason knows that... Jason knows her secret.
0: How did he know though?
2: Because he was the, just the the, whole time. the He knows just the extent of... All of the things that happen. The extent of his mother's rage that he saw. He figured it out. I just think he just knew. That's why when he came out. And she was like it's me it's me. He was like real scared. He didn't want to go to her. Because he figured it out. He ended up getting it. And there's a lot to be speculated. But you can think that maybe Red had even told him. When she took him. She had him for a while. She couldn't tell him. Right? So... There's a lot that could happen there, but it was very obvious that Jason had figured it out, and he did what we do in society. We just put back on our mask in the face of that type of adversity.
0: But the question I want to know is, what happened to the tethered people? Last I seen, they were just holding hands. They're doing the hands across America. Nobody knows. They just came up. Their plan
2: was to take over. They were doing all sorts of stuff. And they just left it open-ended. Did some of the tether took over? Maybe some of the tether were pushed back. You never know. But the twists and turns in the movie... I thought were a little bit too in-your-face. Compared to like Get Out. Um, For example, there was one in-your-face foreshadowing in Get Out. And that's the... the the, uh, the the groundskeeper running. As soon as I saw the groundskeeper running that night, when she was running at him, I knew that was the the grandfather, because what? <laughs> How? That's the only one that was kind of like in my face. The reason, but I didn't find out that the maid was grandma. I did not know that. But I couldn't put that one together. I don't know why, but because there's a big um focus on the scene where he's talking about. His grandfather getting beat by Jesse Owens, and how hard his grandfather trained for that, the run and all the stuff he did, and he just lost to a superior athlete, and it haunted him for so long. All that talk, I knew that that was important because they started. They said Jesse Owens. They were bringing up like people to make you remember that conversation. And then that one night, that it's just real strange that he's just running full speed at him. I figured it out. I figured out that. That that's the grandfather's consciousness in that guy. Okay. You just wh- put two and two
0: together right there. What about the other black guy? Which other one? The other one. Like Keith Stanfield? Keith Stanfield.
2: The one that gets kidnapped in the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, well, we figured out he was brainwashed because we saw what they were trying to do to uh, Daniel. I don't know what his name is. Oh, yeah, he, he was in his was. sunken place. Yeah, yeah, he was in his sunken place. And then, like, in. In real life, you know, um, extreme lighting and hearing can take you out of hypnosis. Those things can take you out. And so that's what happened to him when you got flashed with the camera light. That's actually a real conscious thing with your brain. Your brain can jump to another note immediately through like a flashlight or something else. It's, it's real interesting.
0: huh? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know about these days. They probably don't work because people take too many selfies these days.
2: If you pay attention, if you go on like a strobe light or something like that and all in a house, it'll make you feel on the edge. It'll make you feel a little different. God put, That type of stuff affects your brain. Oh. But yeah, so I thought it was good overall. Just, you know, they, they could have did a better job of being a little bit more hidden with their clues to the movie. And I told you my wife figured it out too. And if she figured it out, then it was two in front of your face. And I, not because of me; she figured it out because of her.
0: Wow, that's it. Impressive. Still
2: didn't take away that it was a good movie. It just took away a little bit. I think it would have been so much better if it wasn't for that, like figuring it out. A little. I mean, but a lot of
0: people don't figure it out like you figured it out.
2: Right, right. And so, shirt zone, I just thought that he was throwing a little bit. In our face on purpose. Right? Because he wanted to. Try to see people will follow a little better. But it's like don't do that. Just do you. So Just is Jordan Peele one
0: of your top five. Directors right now. He can't be.
2: He hasn't. He only directed two movies. That's not fair.
0: But I mean two good movies.
2: Two good movies. But. If I take like a Michael Mann. Or Steven Spielberg. Or somebody like that. That's directed. like Anywhere between 50 to 100 movies. I can grab two movies from them. That are really good. That I could say, okay, you know they're really good, and he scales there, but he can't, you can't. He needs more, more in his uh, resume, and then you can do more of a comparison. I'd say, I'd say for horror movies, yeah, yeah, probably up there, top five horror movies. Nice. Why not?
0: All right, we got one more question. Oh boy, this, this was the episode right here. Which comedian is the funniest out now?
2: Which comedian is the funniest out now? Do you, this is not. It's a debatable topic. There's no real answer
0: to that. So, do you think Kevin Hart's still funny? Yeah, I do. Is he better than Cat Williams?
2: He always been better than Cat Williams. I'm not. A, I'm not a big Cat Williams guy. <sighs> I do not find him funny. Oh, I like know. I said, it's a preference thing. I just don't. I didn't find it. I it was that funny.
0: So if it was a new, are you to- talking
2: about like Patrice O'Neill, for example? Have you watch Elephant in the Room?
0: I ain't watched that one.
2: Man, Patrice O'Neal, rest in peace. Super underrated. But are you talking about like good comedy? That's some funny stuff. Have you watched like Joey Diaz before? That Joey Diaz that. is funny. It's
0: Gabriel Oh Gabriel like, Fluffy I
2: haven't seen him in a while but there's a lot of
0: okay okay let me change that question then. who's your four kings of company right now if they go on a tour
2: shoot I don't know
0: would Kevin be on your roster
2: I'm from a different age of comedy if you're talking about new
0: age yeah new Canadians, age sure Kevin not like not I mean who would be like the new Steve, Bernie DL and Cedric of this time now that go on tour together can claim the kings of comedy new edition
2: I don't know probably Kevin Hart Chappelle It's in there if he still can pull him <laughs> Um, Chris Rock, yeah, but Chris of, Rock is tough, old, old though. So but he's Danny still Murphy. new. Uh, so is Martin Lawrence. There's some people that are. Uh, Jamie Fox is pretty good at comedy too. I don't know if you were watching. Bill Bellamy has a good stand up. Yeah. Some of these guys, you can't sleep on them. They got good stuff. I Bill Bellamy think has, Bill has since good stand up. He has good stand up. That's what I'm saying. You just, he's good stand up, like real good.
0: Oh the one guy from uh Blackish.
2: Oh, uh, Hannibal Burris?
0: No, not Hannibal no, Burris. Oh
2: Anthony know. Anderson?
0: No, not his friend that worked with him. I don't really find Hannibal oh. Burris too funny to me.
2: There's some stuff where he's funny though.
0: But uh no, it's the guy who worked with him. <laughs> from Chicago.
2: If I put my finger on who you talking about. no.
0: Yeah, I can't think of his name, but he be acting like real dumb on the, on Blackish. <laughs> Got a crush on Anthony Anderson, wife. I
2: don't, I don't. I know who's in the show, but I never really watched the show that much. Even like Donald Glover has good comedy.
0: And Nick Cannon.
2: Yeah, Nick Cannon has good comedy too. There's some people that don't get enough credit. But picking the top four is tough, man. What's homeboy's name from uh, Neighbors? The black Zach guy? Efron? No, the black guy. What's his name?
0: Uh, I think all I know from geez. Neighbors. Is Seth Rover. <laughs> no, the the
2: other the, the black guy that does the Samuel L. Jackson. They go to the meeting with the dean, and he says he had a pop brownie and that he was really high. And she's like, "You shouldn't be telling me that." And he's like, "I thought you said you wanted to shave like up here. You know, we we're taking pictures, and they told him to shave his, you know, his pubic hair off." Dang, what is his name? He had his own show. I just can't remember what his name is. The he's one that funny. changed voices? No, he's the one that goes out and talks to Hannibal Buress when he's the cop. And his name's Garfield. Gar. Black guy. I can't remember his name. He's He's got some funny material as well. Are you talking about Jay Farrow. Yeah, Jay I'm talking about Jay Farrell. Yeah, Jay Farrell. He's Farrow. funny too. He's actually real funny. And he kills those voices, but... Yeah, it's too hard, man. There's a lot of...
0: Yeah, you're right. I should have put some thought to this question. Michael
2: Blackson it's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, I like Mike. I like Mike a lot. Sean Keep Williams. <laughs> I it's, know, not Sean. Just,
2: it's not even just uh, black tweens. I find Theo Vaughn really funny. Who is that? Uh, Brennan Schaub's pretty funny. That group. Who is that? Theo Vaughn, the white guy from Louisiana. It's pretty funny. Is
0: he in the movie? Oh, he just a straight-up comedian.
2: He's in movies, but he's a comedian. He's he's hilarious. On Netflix? I don't know if he's on Netflix or not. He's funny, though. Brendan Schaub, former UFC fighter. He has a pretty good stand-up. Kim Jong. Oh, yeah, funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. He has yeah, a yeah. good stand-up. There's like some Kim guys Kim. that be killing it, man. That's tough. That's a tough question. Sorry, oh, I don't yeah. have a definitive answer.
0: Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Well, y'all... It's about that time that we get ready to wrap it up. I want to thank Chris for coming through again. Oh, man. He dropped some gems in this one. He like, you know, the door always open for Chris. What, how many times does this make? I
2: appreciate that. This, I think this is number five. five. No, it's not number four? I remember, I got the one with Anthony, too.
0: Oh, yeah. See, look at that. Look at that. Fifth time in. <sighs> so, uh, as usual, you want to send in shout-outs?
2: Um... Shout out to Cal and yeah. Jay, <laughs> aka the Ballin' Brothers, aka uh, Stray Hoopin', aka of Y, aka <laughs> Getting Old, aka Better Ice Them
0: Knees. Oh, uh, you're going a too far. <laughs> hey, you gotta keep the <laughs> yeah, AKAs going jerry. like like uh D's and Mero. Man, That's a Jerry, <laughs> that's a jerry. Yeah. Mr. Ice Those Knees. <laughs> Stretch Them Calves. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got me on that one. Wow. But
2: thanks for having me, and hopefully uh, I'll be able to, you know, make another appearance sometime in the future, but, you know, you got a lot of good people to come on and give some good knowledge, so
0: uh, I'm glad I could be a part of it. Oh, man, I'm glad that he came on. You know, I just like to, you just, I just like to pick Chris Brain, because he be knowing so much stuff, and, uh... I don't know about all that. Well, you do know a lot of stuff.
2: But I just try to get you to think outside the box think about other stuff
0: don't be complacent
2: don't be complacent and don't get thought don't get caught just same stuff all the time you got to sometimes step outside the comfort zone think outside the box because there's so much other stuff you're not learning because you're just staying in the pocket you should be like well i didn't think about that that's a good that's a good statement well i didn't think about it that way even i still have those i'm forever a student
0: Oh, you I learn something right.
2: new every day so I, I like that I like saying that I didn't think about it like that that's one of the best things you can say because you're actually considering thinking about something in a different way even if you agree with it or don't
0: <coughs> but yeah well he got a point there and uh, I just want to shout out you know shout out to everybody who I just thought about it. I actually you to shout out like this was your first time you probably just shout out to everybody like 20 times now.
2: Shout out everybody, aka all my peoples, <laughs> aka everybody under the sun, aka Bonnie Lake killers, aka my Detroit killers, aka my, my Phoenix killers, aka all right, everybody like that's not shot, a killer. It's like you're shouting
0: out gangs. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said everybody that's not a killer. <laughs> but yeah, I love I wanna, all y'all, I want to thank Chris once more time again, and thank all of y'all for tuning in to your boys at From the Bottom. Shout out to Jay one more time, and as always. What's the say? I'm going to let Chris say it this time because, you know, he, he know it by now. I
2: did it last time, too. Cal and Jay, every day.
0: From the bottom.